Jay. Oh, how good was that meeting tonight? It was really good. Those of you who are listening, we're talking about our local ARP meeting here in Southern California. It was the room was packed. We're probably going to have to move out of this room. Hopefully, we didn't have any more seats. Yeah, no when more people seats. leave. We had two. Yeah, people. two missionaries had to walk out. Yeah, they left because they was brought no... someone here and yeah. then they had to bounce. And so that's a good thing. We wanted to be and some first timers come in. First so. timers, people who've been in recovery for a long time. Now they're coming to ARP and they've been to secular meetings, but not here. It's awesome. Recoveries of your wife for the first time. Oh, that, I love that. It was love husband, couples. There was couples here. There's husband like and wife. Couples. Yeah. On top of the individuals. Yeah. Beautiful thing. Recovery is a beautiful thing. And it's alive and well, so do not make an excuse not to get sober. So let's uh, get into some news. Let's get into it. Uh, stats, Surfport, what do you want? You Surfport, yeah, I'm cute. Yeah, it's two to three. You got plus. some nice tan lines going. I do got some tan lines going. I'm we were going to video this and show off your tan. I was going to. I'm going to get all work tomorrow, and then we do this next one. I'm going to get tanner this week because it's like 80 degrees. Yeah, that's, that's why you wanted to not record because you wanted to tan. Yeah, I want to tan a little bit more. My <laughs> face looks pretty dark, though, it right? It does, yeah. It's like someone saw me. A's, A's our local restaurant, yeah. she noticed. She goes, Oh my gosh, you've been like in the She sun? liked your mustache. Oh, yeah, she liked the stash. Yeah, she liked the stash. <laughs> but the fact that I dark and the stash, oh, right in. No. So uh, she noticed though, and I was like, how dare you? That's sweet. And then, um, anyway, surf is good, man. Two to three. It's a clean little lines. Freaking cold. 41 degrees in the morning. 41 yeah. degrees. But I surfed for three hours and was frozen. Yeah. I think I'm going to actually wear booties tomorrow. Is it that cold? I'm yeah. I, had, I got out of the water when it was sunny, and I had nowhere to be. So that's a big deal for me. That's nice. Two and a half hours. Usually I go four. Um, but hopefully your boss doesn't listen to this. Ooh. <laughs> you only listen to one. Email. But you're up at like four in the morning, so. I really was up cracking on 5.30. I know. You go early. I so know. while you're pulling up the surf report, uh, last week we uh, are blowing up in Canada. Canadian, they I, I, What? And I'm always just blown away by the non-English speaking countries. Like Italy, so, Peru. Uh, do they speak Australian in Austria? What do they speak in Austria? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do they speak in the Netherlands? Norwegian. Wait. D- Dutch. Dutch. I think, right? Uh, yeah. I, I said Norwegian. I said another country. Uh, Vietnam. 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 And what do they They're speak awesome. in New Zealand? Uh, they speak English there. Yeah, but they have a hardcore <laughs> Asian a, accent. They, well, the Maori, I believe, have a different language. But uh, yeah, those are our You're awesome, every one of you. Thank you guys for listening. um, And those are only from our SoundCloud leak, so we don't get to see when they're coming from Stitcher or iTunes. Oh, really? So it could be double, triple. So it could be. uh, Those are just uh, listeners from our SoundCloud tracking. Wow. You guys are awesome. And uh, it's great to see. We're getting a lot of feedback on Facebook and and Instagram. Yeah, check us out on Facebook and Instagram. We're just getting started. Remember, we're just two guys just... We have full-time jobs, families. We're, this is just something we're doing on the side to try to get the word out there and obviously help. See the awesome, like some guy reached out uh, to do some graphic design for yeah. us. So Appreciate uh, you, man. Hopefully uh, you didn't like our uh, hosting service, uh, which is probably, it was which is probably awesome. cheap. Feel, yeah, feel it free to cheap. comment. We like switch, that, but we just went cheap. But that was cool. That he reached out. He's like, hey, man, just want to throw this out there. And it was like, <laughs> you're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, what do you expect? He just told us everything. So, well, we haven't got anything on it, but if you still want, if you're listening to this again and you're pricked again, let's uh, meet up and we'll give you access and you can make us look good. Yeah. Um, spread the word. So We're all in this together. Um, our news, or oh, you got Surf Report? Well, I just told you, it's 3 to 3. I know. What's all, it going to be when I get three. to Surf Friday? What's two to it going to be? 3 plus. I already looked. 
Saturday as well. Saturday, a little bit of south swell building in the northwest. I love southwest is out of the south. And it'll be 85 degrees by the weekend. Summertime. It's summertime. My back, I double sessioned it this weekend. And yeah, so you did. I, I'm just now getting like. Hey, we scored together. We served in the morning. It was fun. That was waves. really fun. Yeah. It was really fun. Was really Small boat. I think you got the most waves out of anyone. By the way, I got pictures of your board. Remind me to show you later. I went and checked. It's not glass yet. It's next in line. There's a whole bunch of lost surfboards Dang. in front of yours. Um, so that means it won't but, be ready by Friday. It will not be ready this Friday. Friday! Sorry. It's it's backed up in the glass shop. I make some surfboards. Gentlemen, yeah, he does it on the side. And, uh, but the glass shop is like, everyone's getting ready for summer, so it's really backed I'm up. I'm glad I got mine in then. But right yours away. is in the front of the line. Like a whole... A whole okay, anyways. Uh, our news, I'm just going straight off news that other people sent us. Oh, cool. Um, so you they probably haven't read them. They know that I'm a skimmer, so they're helping you out. Yep, so let's... Uh, you know what? For, let's talk about this one. The real cause of the worst drug crisis in U.S. history, which is on Vox. Drugs. Did you read this on Vox? No. That was so, um, the, uh, I'm going to read a couple thing here. I don't know how you say that. Lemke points out to what she calls the toyotization of healthcare system, an industrialization of medicine that's encouraged doctors to push a patient in and out so their institutions can get paid as quickly as possible and looking for quick solutions such as a single pill that can swiftly satisfy a patient's demands. There are also broader cultural issues like the fact that some people just aren't willing to accept the limitations of their physical bodies, leading them to turn to doctors for a cure that medicine just doesn't have. And I visually remember when you, I think it was our last podcast, where you, in the visual of you pulling out the prescription pad, and the doctor saying, what do you need? Instead of talking about physical therapy, instead of talking about yeah. uh, non-medicine non or... It's, it's crazy what they're saying is, is they're, 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 they're treating the demands, not, they're treating not, not curing. They're not looking for a cure anymore. It's like, all right, we just realized people don't really want a cure. They just want to treat it, right? Like... You got to so yeah. I just think all the different avenues from 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 cosmetics to this type of stuff, right? Yeah. And people just aging. We can't accept it. We can't accept that the we see. I maybe it's something to do with technology. You see technology developing, so they were like, oh man, humans got to develop too, right? Like I can do this. There's uh, what is the the stem cells? Stem like you cells can do all this crazy yeah. stuff. There's no side effects supposedly. Well, from that, also we live in a society where all you see is. The best of everything. So yeah. you're like, wow, that that seven year old's got six pack and doing this. Yeah, when really he's it? on drugs, like he's on steroids, but or he's not seventy. What? Or he's not seventy? <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. we're living it's in a facade. We're having a hard time accepting our limitations. I like how they said that. Um, and then secondly, it says basically the op the epidemic began when doctors prescribing opiates more liberally for patients with pain, in part because we have an increasing number of people in pain in this country, and we are trying to address the unmet medical need. That was I, think, I think it's not, I think that people have always been in pain, especially if you look at because there was more industrial jobs back in the day <laughs> and true. labor. We're so doing actually way less physical labor. I'm on BS, yeah. We're doing way less physical labor. Way less. But yet we're in more pain. But we're in more pain. No, it's we become freaking wusses. Like, let's be honest. And I'm one of them. Like <laughs> I was a wuss and I still can be. And like we are such sissified that we you know, I can get I can go on a tangent. Let's participation trophy. We'll, we'll post this. Uh, actually, the, it's on our Facebook page. We'll post it up on the Did show. Did they notes. really just say there's more pain? Like, come <laughs> on. Probably more reported pain. Yeah, we're more reported pain because people know they can go get a drug for it. Yeah. They're getting sold. See, that's the thing. They're getting sold on TV. If you go on oh, TV, yeah, like, advertising. We all DVR everything wait, now, but wait, for the most time, it's a wait, pill, 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 pill. Wait until the marijuana ads hit. 
Oh yeah, I didn't and, even think and, about that. And you know, uh, I didn't even think about that. Someone was telling me <coughs> about. Uh, I mean, if you go back and read, pull up section seventy six of Doctor Covenant. What I'm talking. Yeah. So the reason for, I think it's in the notes in the beginning of it. But why was the why was the word of wisdom first a revelation given? Was because of conspiring men. Really? And you want me to go to seventy six? Section seventy six. Because that's not the sorry seventy eight. Well, that's, it's 84, isn't it? No, 78. Go. One more. Right there. Oh, shoot. 74. <laughs> are, you talking, are you talking about the, like... Word of Wisdom. Word of Wisdom. Thing? What? No, it's... Okay, go ahead. Uh, no, no, no. No, it's not 84. It's 89. Section 89. You're right. It's late. It's almost midnight. Wait, yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost midnight here on the West Coast. Yeah, so yeah. We've been it's doing... It's been a long... No, we've we've been up since five. I've been on... You know, uh, anyway, it's Revelation given through Joseph Smith, the prophet, Kirkland, uh, uh, brethren, you, oh, it's uh, not in there. Oh, so, but in the I know what you're talking about. In my manual, in the actual hard copy, it is. It describes that because of conspiring, conspiring men, which is basically if you if you're in the business world, you can if you open up a restaurant, you got to sell booze because that's where you're going to make the money. True. You're in advertising, you got to show sex because that's what sells. That sells, it. yeah. Um, and so oh, no, it says right here, four, verse four. Behold, verily, thus say the saints of the Lord. And consequences of evil designs, which do and will do and will and will exist in the hearts of conspiring men in the last days. So I have warned you and and forewarned you. Wow! Like so I, I had a friend tell me, like, look, we can I, easy millionaires. We open, we do something right in now. the marijuana industry. If, yeah, totally. And because it's just it's just bird, it's just starting. Totally. And it it's will there, there will be I mean there's already billboards but there'll be radio ads TV ads it's already starting it's gold rush just gold it's full gold rush and there's no regulation on it and yeah. it's wild west conspire like they don't care what the effects of it are they don't care I, I, they my don't wife care. hates this but when my I like get so flamed on this but like my kids ride their bike I'm like don't uh, yeah, wear a helmet, helmet don't wear a helmet like I'm not a big helmet yeah. guy I'm like I didn't have a helmet growing up but we're so paranoid about it but yet how many people die just tonight from an alcohol-related accident. No no discussion about that at all, but you know what? I'll get flamed for not having my kid wear a helmet. True. So Double standards. So anyways, conspiring men, you watch Mark My Words. It'll be huge in your kids and my younger kids' generation on the use of marijuana to cure whatever ails you. And it's natural. It's healthy. And reality is when you break it down, like with the curing of the, of the diseases and stuff, it's no different than as much as any anti-inflammatory. That's all they're saying. When they say it cures cancer cells, right. they're just saying it has anti- anti-inflammatory <laughs> effects. The same thing that you get from probably eating freaking uh, garlic. The same thing you can get from uh, from ginger. I mean, all sorts of stuff. You know, turmeric. Like, let's be honest here. Alright, next article. Let's help with seizures though. There's no way around that. Yeah, but you don't need to have you don't have the four high aspect yeah, of it. But so. once again, but they'll take many, that one aspect. They'll take that one aspect and, and just hit it. So the guy's so that's why fifteen years doing it. Waking and bacon because oh well, this never has seen a day in his life. Yeah. yeah. All right, American cocaine use is way up. The what? Columbia cocaine. I thought it was out. Yeah. Cocaine's like a thing of the eighties. So this is in the Washington Post that while much of the recent attention on drug abuse in the United States has been focused on heroin and opiate, cocaine has been making a comeback. It appears to the case of. Supply driving demand. After a year of falling output, the size of Colombia's illegal coca crop has exploded since 2013, and the boom has started to appear on U.S. streets. Really? There's troubling early signs that cocaine use and availability is on the rise in the United States for the first time in nearly a decade. Whoa. 
That's scary. So, and they're testing it, and they're seeing that it's it is coming from Colombia. It always does, right? Maybe but, the U.S. government helping that? Wait, maybe. Um, <laughs> but man, these drugs just—it's just conspiracy. Man, it's all money. I was going to say, one hundred percent money driven. Don't and, expect to put it this way: is what we're getting at is don't expect the government to clean up this crap. Like this comes from if there's a demand, people are going to get. It. We have in this country a demand for escapism, for things to to numb the pain, numb the feeling, numb this, numb that. The minute we stop wanting these things, conspiring women will stop advertising it to you. You know what I mean? And the government, let's just not even get into that. Um, well, yeah. it's part of conspiring men. Exactly. Amen. Yeah. yeah. No matter what party you're on. Uh, church news. You know what I've been binging on, what, listening what? and watching? BYU devotional speeches. Yeah, that's what you said the other day. So they are, man, they hit it hard. Like, really? uh, didn't President Irene just speak with one of the prophets uh, on they, Facebook? They did a, uh, like a question uh, answer with the question youth? answer with the youth. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So this one was uh, David Bednar did things as they really are. Go CBD. look that up. Yeah, and he what stood out to me was he gave an apostolic warning in there, and I'm gonna I'm gonna slaughter it because it's a it's a long talk, but um. They, the thing that really stood out to me was he really hit on video game, video game addiction. Really? And somewhat social media. That. No, like you don't hear that much, but he like, he's apostolic warning about beginning into this virtual world. Because that's the future, by the that way. That is the future. This is four podcast. years ago, but this is the future. Virtual reality is the next. And, and this what hit me is, what was the, what's the purpose of coming to earth? What's one of the purposes? What, what do we get? We got a body. And now but check it out. Body, yeah. Oh, yeah. Gaming is all about doing stuff without a body. Right. It's going to get to it's a point where you like, like I'll, I'll go. I tried virtual reality. Yeah. Like, our youth are going to go, why Why go actually surf when I can put this thing on and have this euphoric feeling that's so real? I tried it once at a Christmas party. It was the most insane thing I've ever done. I'm not a video game guy, but I'll tell you what, it was so addicting. And I'm not even a gamer. I wanted to be right back in it because it was insane. You're in a room, crowded people, and you don't hear a thing when you put on the headphones. It's like you're in another world. So that's, you're actually there. That's that's coming. That's coming quick. And but there's people now that are doing that with just right. they put on the headset and they get into their gaming world and lock out their family well, and their wife. Yeah, pornography is next level. That's yeah. why it's all being driven for. Um, unfortunately. So this is this is it. I raise an apostolic voice of warning. That's powerful when it starts with that about the potentially stifling suffocating and suppressing and constraining impact of some kinds of cyberspace interactions and experiences upon our soul. Um, when you think about not even that, I mean, just going to another thing about this, because I heard a podcast talking about this as well. And it was saying with, with apps and, and like set, like when you think about just like people having, like you could just go on apps now and just, you know, you just find, yeah. you, it's just crazy. No intimacy, just pure sex. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah Satan's taking, with virtual reality, he's going to get you to not even connect to anything. Right. That's what, it hit me really heavy. It was like, it's our body. Yeah, Satan wants to take away our body. That's why he uses the word of wisdom. He doesn't have that. So anything, that's how he, gets he can rob us of those experiences. So like going out, I mean, going out and hike, surfing. going surfing, go, getting out and experiencing Hunting, it in, in human to human interaction. That, like even yeah. intimacy with another human, your right. spouse. Right. Um, but but just uh, just how about interaction? We don't want to talk to people. We want to text them. Yeah, social media. You don't actually want to have real, you want to have a social media life with them. 
Yeah. But like see them in person, it's like it's like, awkward. How many people have you know? Like you know, you follow them on Instagram. You know everything about their life, but then when you see them in person, you kind of don't know what to say. Right, right. You're like, oh hey, or those people that like you call, get a voicemail, all of a sudden they text you right back. Oh yeah, they'll, they'll text oh, you God, all day long, but you can't have a conversation. Like but my wife can't even set plans without texting someone. I'm like, can we just call them? It, or it, like we're lost. It, it hit me heavily. I guess takeaway is why did we come to Earth in the first place to experience our body. Right to experience the the interaction and the outside world and the pain and the joy and the suffering oh. everything um, and try new things fall down get hurt like that's just a part of life. But like it said, that one thing where there's more pain in this world. You know, I mean, it's just, we're just <laughs> but we're trying to take away the human experience. We really are the fleshly experience that is and all a part of the life. conspiring people are just they just found a way to make money on it so of course they're going there yes. if we were back in the day which it did probably in the 80s and 90s with sports extreme sports blew up right and so that was the human experience but now it's like no virtual that's the future so Crazy. we'll post these up uh that anyway, scary news blew, us, yeah. blew me away and it does just that's a good one, a big one up, so i will check that out and you should watch it, it. yeah you I can should. watch it or i want to watch it i don't want to listen well i want to listen to it i just standing behind a podium i don't want to read it all right. Well, that's our news for today. We got an amazing share for step five, and then we get into Ask the Addict, and we're going to invite your sponsor in. You, Mikey. Yeah, which ironically, I think he did step five last time. Well, it's just meant to be. He's just so knowledgeable in step it, five. He really is. Saved my life on step so, five. Awesome. All right. So enjoy your share, Jay. Share on step All five. Right. Don't ask the I am Jay. I'm an addict. <laughs> Grateful to be here. Grateful that we're on step five. Um, this is a step that uh, was uh, a long road for me to get to this point where I was able to do step five and to do step four. And um, but I did it, and I feel exactly that everything it talks about in this short. It's interesting how small this is, but like when you read step four, it's like four pages and super long. It's got all these examples, a list of things which you just say and do, and make suggestions. But this is very simple. You just you be it honest, right? Like you just do, it's honesty, it's confession, but you're doing it with rigorous honesty. And if you do that, the promise in, in this step is exactly what happened in my life. And if it would have been any different, it would be hard to sit here and bear testimony that step five is a good thing. But it says, let peace come into your life. That's exactly what happened. Um, I uh, felt that right off the bat in this, uh, in this step, we're going to talk about a common characteristic of many who have suffered from addiction is a sense of isolation. It wasn't just a sense for me, that was my life. And I was very, uh, you know, Xander knows we were friends way before I came into these meetings and um, we were always the outgoing people that were connected with everyone and talked and had friends and this, that, and the other, but inside I was 100% isolated. And uh, what I mean for that is, is how I really felt about my life, how I really felt about my fears, how I really felt about the challenges, the things that God asked me to do since joining the church, um, a lot of things, just everything. And, and that was all inside. And um, even though we could, I could be in a room full of people and communicating and laughing and cracking jokes and having a good time, inside I was hurting, I was pain, and I was scared. And I realized that most of my life was lived in a and still can be lived in, a, in some form of isolation, whether it's small or it's large, it's, um, it's not easy to, to break those chains. But once again, it's very simple. Each step tells you exactly what to do and how to break it. And one thing I wrote is confession breaks a sense of isolation. Simple. That's if you want to simplify the step, you confess because this characteristic of, of addiction that 
it plagues us all, and um, it can be broken. And it's very simple. There's not this giant formula. You just confess the things that... And that is not just in the big sense that they're asking here for this step. That's just calling your sponsor every now and then and checking in and saying, Hey, I'm not... You know, I'm feeling this way today. I'm feeling this way this week or month. For some reason, I'm kind of a little bit nervous about this business thing I'm dealing with or my family or whatever it is that you're dealing with. And... If you do that, it breaks those chains of isolation and will keep you from staying there, which then can lead you to do things that we don't want to do, you know, outside of our, you know, our addiction and so, or sorry, outside of our isolation. So I'm grateful to, to be here tonight. I'm grateful that you guys are here. Obviously, extremely grateful to be here for Nate and getting his chip. And um, I uh, met Nate, I uh, can't remember how many years ago, but a few years back and uh, he was right, right out of, right out of jail, and it was tough times. And um, and I remember thinking, man, dude, this guy's been through the ringer. But tell you what, man, you're a rock. And um, if you guys want an example of someone that 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 doesn't that doesn't quit, no matter what comes his way, that's it right there at the end of the table. Um, and I mean that 100. percent We had this guy named Curtis that would come to um, to Thursday night meeting like religiously every single week. And to me, you're you're Curtis in your own way, and um, and you're a rock. You really are. Um, I've, I feel like uh, you know you've seen that you've seen what this disease does, and uh, not only to the, those like to yourself, but to your loved ones. And um, the fact that you faced hell like straight on and, and you didn't quit. It's a huge example to me in my life, and and I know in Lexi's who wishes she was here, and um, I know that uh, that we're blessed for your decision to to uh, to just move forward and and uh, and to face it head on, and you're just an amazing person, an amazing man, and, and your daughter's lucky to have you as a father, and um, I really feel that way, and I'm I'm grateful to know you, and uh, we're all better in here that we know you, and. One thing that I also want to talk about is, uh, it says, we started to understand our tendencies towards negative thoughts and emotions, self-will, fear, pride, self-pity, jealousy, and self-righteousness, and anger, and resentments, unbridled passions and desires, and so on. Those thoughts and emotions were truly the exact nature of our wrongs. And uh, it's amazing what repentance can do, and just opening that dialogue with someone can do to your life. can't explain how just talking about something can break the chains of isolation in your mind the next day. You know, you have a conversation one day, and all of a sudden the next day you're a little bit more open and a little bit more free-feeling. That's what happens. That's what it does. And uh, the only way I can compare it is when I met with Mike, my sponsor, and uh, did step four and five, I drove home after a year being sober and still isolating. I felt for the first time like I came out above water, like I was underwater and I couldn't breathe, and I couldn't grasp. I was trying to grasp for air, but I was underwater. And when I met with Mike, it was like someone just grabbed me by the by the back of the the shirt and just ripped me out of water. And then that's that's how freeing I felt. I felt like I could just breathe. And it was the most peaceful drive home. I was happy. I was excited. I was excited to see my wife and say I did it finally. I I, you know, I talked about things that I didn't want to talk about, and I just I did the program. I just I did the next step, and uh, and, and then I got to move on, and then you know the rest is history. And, I'm grateful for you guys, and I love everyone that's in this room, and um, I really, truly feel lucky to be alive today, and um, to be here with you, and to share this moment with Nate, his mom, and his daughter. 
love you guys and just like I said man grateful to, to see your example and what it's done in my life and I say that in Jesus Christ amen How are you? Who's this special guest here tonight? We have the most special guest we can have here. Why, why is he so special? Because he is my fearless leader sponsor. Good evening. Hi, <laughs> Hi Mike. Hi. This is the man who walked me through the yeah. steps. Mike is on the mic. Mike is on right. the mic. Magic Mike. Honored to be here. The man. And we've had you before. We have. Uh, step five. We were about step five. Were we step five last time? Step five. Last oh time. man, this Stop. is meant to be. Coincidence. So, read. You know, I heard something. What coincidences are God's ways of being anonymous. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. good. That's a good one. So let's uh, dive in. I've got a lot of questions for you boys on step five, which is on confession. Ooh. I want to start it off with a little, anal- I love parables and analogies. Okay. Did either of you take ceramics in high school or middle school or even college? I was high in middle school. What? I uh, did. I didn't did, you, uh, did. did you go to Dana Hills? Not at Dana Hills. Okay. I was out of college. Okay. You took ceramics? Not for the right reasons, though. Okay. <laughs> you were one of those guys that made those things in ceramics class. That makes sense. In my ceramics class, I remember they just pound us to get you know, to knead the clay so there's no air bubbles in there. Yeah. You remember that? So over and over, why? What would happen if there, if you, even a tiny little air bubble? Did your pipe ever get blown up from an air bubble? It, it probably did. <laughs> I, I never made it that far. I, I got to the point where I didn't realize there was going to be a few weeks of them explaining what we had to do, and I was too impatient. I and you quit. I, I, I quit before, okay. before I even had the opportunity. So, so I'll explain pottery. For you, so you get this big chunk of clay. You cut off a chunk of it with with uh, some fishing line, and whether you throw it on a potter's wheel or you do it by hand, you have to get all the air bubbles out. And what happens if you leave even a small air bubble in? Because there's always these dudes that try to make a pipe in high school ceramics class. They like disguise it as, oh no, that's a uh, watering thing for. And but anyways, if if they didn't properly. Uh, get all the air bubbles out, it would blow up in the in the kiln. Yeah. And, and if there's a big enough air bubble, it'd blow up the entire kiln. Like, everybody's pot would be destroyed. Really? And so, they would just, I just remember, I can't remember his name, but he would just, you better not have any air bubbles in there, like, before you turn Sweet it in. protocol. Before you turn it in, you know, what, what did you do? Did you get all the air bubbles out? Are you sure? Are you really sure? Because in Dadley, in a semester, there was someone's, their own uh, work got blown up, or the entire okay. oven, so that everything got destroyed. Wow. And it was related to, because uh, we had a meeting with our Area 70, and he described uh, a video. I would like to see this. So I guess there's a cartoon video that some of the brethren show some of the 70s inside information. Um, but it basically goes through, and it, and it shows a young man before his missionary not fully confessing. Mm. And then he gets out on his mission, and he Gonna, he's going to feel the Spirit on his mission. 
But when you've got that sin, when I'll give an analogy of the air bubble, Mm -hmm. if you've got that inside of you, you start to feel extremely uncomfortable. So in any spiritual setting, they start to feel extremely uncomfortable. And they will either come home from their mission or they just don't have a good mission. Yeah. And so he was really emphasizing to bishops, pleading, please, before they go on a mission, make sure they come clean. Make sure they fully confess. Because if that little thing is in, that sin is in there festering, it's going to blow up on them when they feel the Spirit. And and I really thought of, in our meetings, we talked, a lot of people have shared the fact that when they get to step five, if they don't fully confess, they're not going to fully get recovery. True? Amen. Yeah, definitely. I mean... How do you like that analogy? That's a great analogy. Just processing it. I think it's uh, that uh, several... I, I myself, as well as had sponsors or sponsees under me that have done the same thing, you know, where confess a little bit, a little bit of light upon line in the beginning, but eventually you get to a point where if you, you feel the spirit in a meeting or whatever, some part of your life where you're like, I got to go... In order to take this to the next level of spirituality or to come closer to Christ or to actually figure out... Uh, why I was, you know, why I got myself, I put myself back to when I did step five, why was I there in the first place? I had to discover, I had to, I had to dis, what's it called? Uh, Disclose. Uncover. Uncover. Discover and discard it all. That's it. And I had to do that on all levels. And, but that was for me, it was a time thing. And so, so this is great because I want your sponsor here, if there's anything yeah. I'm asking, it's uncomfortable. But do you remember, Mike, get, get that process of Jay? Like just slowly covering and not coming fully clean. Is this I mean, okay to talk about? It yeah. took it took Jay about a year of me hounding him to do this to I, even I do this step. Yeah, he he wanted to avoid it altogether. He's like, okay, if I just stick around long enough, go to these meetings, maybe maybe there's some way where I could just kind of bypass this step, get on to step six and seven, and, and go on my merry way. But interesting because Jay, you mentioned before, like confessing to your bishops, like, oh, I messed up, was something you did regularly. Yeah, back in the day, before, okay. before I before a lot of things happened, before I got this fellowship, okay, you know, years ago. So there was there was some resentments I had built, okay, that was like uh, my justification of why I didn't need other people to know my sin, okay. So, so that's so, so that's changed. To. So like when I got to Mike, Mike starts working with me. I had all these things, these resentments and fears. Did you like you? Did you categorize these? You're like, I do not want to bring these up. So that's why you're avoiding Mike. Oh, I keep with it. No, because see, there's. No, you got to be a because I knew I was in a room full of people that were just like me in a sense where like they saw through my BS, so I had to come up with a new excuse almost all the time. Like, and I would literally leave telling either my wife Lexi or whoever that's why I don't need to do this step. You know, like that's you know I, I had to come up with a new excuse all the time to 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 keep going so no one would. Uh, so, so, so Mike wouldn't ask, I knew Mike would ask me, and I knew there's another couple, you know, people in the room would ask me if I had done my step four or five yet, and of course, uh, I was avoiding, like Mike said, was the right way, the, the, everything he said was it, I was avoiding it, I thought for sure if I just stuck around long enough, you wouldn't have to do it? I was the exception to the rule, that's how I So, that. so you remember the process of, pull, as a sponsor, pulling, pulling this out? Yeah, I think that's very, very, very common among people recovering uh, a lot of people want to avoid it it's 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 human nature to, to want to, ex- to expose this stuff and if you really understand addiction it, the reasons why we do this is because drug addiction was our solution to life's problems so we need to go in there and figure out the core of the issue and the only way to figure out the core of the issue is to uncover discover and discard as all the things that we do to cope with life 
and and it's more than just a confession. I mean, the confession part is is a is a very very important part of it. But if you look a little farther, it says we need to fully understand what the natures of our wrongs are because history has a way of repeating itself. And if we don't address these things now, they're going to reoccur in other areas of our life. And so we need to have a blueprint of, of what we need to do on a day-to-day basis to maintain our sobriety. And without understanding this, without going in and uncovering all this stuff, we, we may fully not understand the core issues of our of ourselves and, and the addiction. So they'll, they'll, they'll inevitably repeat themselves. When, when you did step five for the first time, Mike, was, were you the same way? Did you put it off and avoid it? Not as long as Jay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, However, that's going to be a record. <laughs> I had done a few over the years. You know, I, I had, you know, was sober for seven years out of my twenties, and had, had gone back out, um, and you know, and struggled again. So I had, I had had a basic understanding of the process. Okay. And I was at a a, a pretty low point in my mid thirties where there was a lot on the line, and and so I, I knew what I needed to do. And, and there was a, this this uh, urge to and, and pressure to, to really take this as seriously as possible. And uh, but even even so, there was some stuff on my fifth step that I didn't I was I didn't want to talk about. They weren't they weren't things I was proud of. And um, you know I would I would talk about everything else on the page, but but that until until it became. When you're going through this, are you like you like A through? A through D, I'm skipping E. Yeah. And I'm going to go through F through Z. Like, did you categorize these? And you were like, I'm not going to talk about this, this, or this. You remember consciously doing that? I knew I was going to talk about them. Okay. But it was, you it did was not still, want well, it was still uncomfortable. Okay. Because like you said, I mean, this is where the, the, this is where the addiction thrives, right? It's like, if you can think about mold or fungus, right? It's going to be really dark and mm-hmm. wet and moist. The minute the sunlight comes in there, you're, you're not going to keep growing it if you're talking about a, a fungus like that, right? Like, it needs a dark area. It needs these, it needs a cavity hidden. It needs to be there. And it's almost like, uh, so if you expose it, if you're not really ready, so the addict may not be 100% looking back ready to, Am I really doing this for life? Is this really a lifelong thing or is this just a temporary thing until I get my wits about me or until I get out of my situation, you know, until it becomes more manageable again, then will I go back to drugs? And I don't know if I was there. All I knew is that I just wasn't ready yet. Like I, And there's been a lot of aspects of my life where I, I did things just to please others, but for some reason it was the right thing for me to, 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 to I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I had a hard time. I had a lot of resentments towards towards the Lord. I really wasn't working it as a spiritual program in the beginning. I was just coming and learning about, first of all, just addiction in the first place. It's crazy how you can be an addict your whole life and not really know anything about uh, recovery you can, or even really about the disease. I mean, you know the chaos, but I didn't really know um, why my life had kept repeating, like Mike said. And when we finally did step five together, it uh, it was I was ready. I was at a point because I started to sponsor someone, so it's Lord's timing. You know, Lord, you know, Lord provided me with someone who was ready, and I'd done, and I had a year of recovery and a year of learning, but I didn't have a year of the steps. So I can only walk him through one, two, and three, and he went through them fast. And then it was like, all right, well now I got to do it. And so me and Mike did it, and then the, the rest flew after that. And I'll never forget. And I've shared this a hundred times. You've heard me say, I literally feel like driving home. So a year of holding my breath, literally, like in the fact that I stayed sober is not. 
it's not probably likely for anyone else. I shouldn't have stayed sober. That's how I feel about it. It was literally God's, I don't know. I don't even want to speculate. Yeah, maybe. It was just, reality is it was stupid. It was stupid of me to do. And it was, it, I, I, I've known, because I've seen other people that did the same thing and then relapsed. So, like, the fact that I didn't go to drugs. I went to other things, though. You better believe I went to pornography. You better believe I went to these other forms because I thought they were lesser, right? I wasn't going to talk about those. Right? And that's part of the reason why I also, which we kept me in shame when I didn't want to do step five, that's right? Because right. so, you were adding new things to the list. And, uh, or if I just would have did it in the beginning, it would have just been for X, Y, and Z. But I kept adding, you know, a few more letters in there. And so, but what I'm getting at is when I finally met with my, it was like I could breathe for the first time. When I finally did my fourth and fifth step and I felt like, for the first time, like you said, I discovered the pattern. It wasn't just about confession. That's what I thought it was. That's why I avoided it, and that's why most people avoid it. It's not about confession at all, really. The confession is just natural because you have to have that because you have to give someone else it your perspective. kind of opens the door is what you, yeah. you've said before. Yeah, and then you just got to discover the patterns of why you're... For me, it was dealing with stress and anxiety, fears and resentments, and what was my patterns. And, and before that, I didn't link that. Because I hadn't done them. So I was missing a key point of recovery. There's no way I could ever. I wanted to help people. I could have never helped anyone if I hadn't done that step. How has, how has going through the step with other people, like doing it as a sponsor, because you kind of go through that probably on your own, uh, in your own mind again. You relive it again yeah. and share your own experiences with your sponsoree. Sure. Has it, has that, confession that step five been more impactful each time you do it because you've done it many times absolutely it might have way more than me i mean um, it's longer than me in in other fellowships they they and i'll probably sabotage the way i'm clarify what that means for the for rookie other other fellowships like aana okay. and other, so other fellowships other other fellowships that 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 utilize the tool of a sponsor to guide somebody through the 12 steps that you fully haven't um, experienced the, the value of the program or, or have fully become a, a full participant of the 12-step program until you've taken somebody else through the steps. Which makes so much sense. And, and so there, there's a lot to be said to that. And what, what it does is... I it, love that. It, it adds a, a human element to this, to where... You know, we, and the, the more opportunities I have to hear somebody else share their fifth step, the more I realize how more, how much we are alike versus different, that the, the secrets, the things that I was ashamed of, the things that I thought I only did, you know, I get to, I get to hear out. And, and now I could laugh at it and go look like, oh yeah, I did the same thing. But that's not that bad. Here's something I did. And, and it, and it brings this this form of connection that you, you can't find through any other path. Any other medium. Yeah. It's, at it's, all. It's, it's, it's terrible to talk about these things. You know, it's a very spiritual experience to be able to... For the sponsor and the sponsor. Absolutely. For both. But, you know, one thing is we kind of go back a, a few steps to this is when you're talking about how hard it is to, to do the fifth step. And the one element that is, that is so important and this is where it's, it's so important for somebody that's new, newly going through the steps is to, to start to build that relationship with their sponsor, to call them every day, because what you're doing is you're establishing trust. Because if you can't sit in front of that person and fully trust them 100%, there's no way you can be honest. 
you're gonna hold back. You're you're only gonna you're only gonna say eighty percent. You're only gonna say ninety percent of what's really there. You're, you're gonna keep good, it surface. Good you need to have you need to have that absolute level of trust, and that's why it's important as a sponsor. I mean, after you've you've heard you know others fifth steps, and you've you're at a point in your recovery where you know you've taken the power out of the things that you've done. It, it, it you no longer you know the, the secrets. You know you no longer really. Have a hard time sharing about it, yeah. And and you can you can you can share, um, you know, some of the things that that you had had struggled with, and it and it opens up and allows that that person that's sharing their fifth step to really feel comfortable, feel comfortable, and and to go through with the process. But that's unique, like what you just said for people listening. Just imagine if you're listening to this and you're thinking you're not even you're maybe just identifying that you're an addict or whatever. Your life's unmanageable, and you're not even close to step five. Just imagine what we just said that Mike just got done saying that. The things that you're with, that you're most scared about uh, sharing, will one day literally become something you can laugh about in a sense of not uh, like it was light, but to the point of where you can share with like that's so true. The things I was avoiding for a year talking about, where a lot of it was the recent things I was started to do to to uh, in my own uh, maintenance program, you know, switching from one addiction to the other. Uh, like I said. Uh, and anyways, and just establishing that trust. And so you, if you're listening, you can go from not wanting to share to like once you, I'm addicted to sharing now. Like in a sense where like, I mean, I went from not wanting to do it to every time I've walked someone through their fourth and fifth, I just like, I love make I love that part where we get, that's in fact, that's my favorite step. I don't even, all the other steps, I'm like, yeah, we got to do them. But like, I just want to get to that step. So we, the, that per, I, wanna, I want them to feel as free as I did. When I drove home from visiting with Mike, I literally felt that I was the free, like I felt like someone ripped me out of, you, you surf Brad, you get held under in a wave, and it's just a short period of time, but in that short period of time, it's a big feels set, like, feels like it feels like forever, forever. Yeah. and that's what it felt like, my life had felt like I was holding my breath forever, because when I drove, and I didn't even realize it until I drove home, how free I felt, and how just, but guess what, you know, it's not over there, like that's what we mean, not to get into a bunch of other things. When uh, you're going to create new things, new fears, new resentments, maybe mistakes, and then you got the tenth step. You know, you got these other steps where you can continue to. I built that level of trust with Mike now that I felt comfortable doing that with him, and then not withholding other things. I was able to, you know, a year later go through a, a challenge and was able to call it. You know what I mean? Because we had established that bond. Your sponsor. So if you're on step one, two, or three, and you're just not feeling with your sponsor, get a new sponsor. Is that what you're recommending? Um, Depends. You got. You got to look at. You got to take your inventory and, and make sure it's not you. Because it could be the individual. A lot of times, it's you know, it's there's so many factors that go into that. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, it's we have to we have to look at our, our willingness first. How about this? The sponsor I'm sorry. The sponsor. If you're not feeling it, like there's because when you're you can feel the camaraderie or trust. Yeah. And sometimes it just people don't mix well together. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's weird though. With the, you think that that would be the case with this? I mean, I haven't had that yet. Well, I actually have had one person switch over, but I think it was actually me and Mike. We switched over from our one of our my good friends, but one time. But really, it was just because he didn't want he didn't want to he didn't like what I was telling him. But then he went to Mike and found out. Well, he's going to tell the same thing because it's not me and Mike's program. Yeah, it's not my program. It's not Mike's program. And you're just sharing your experience, We're just sharing our experience yeah. with the one program. Mm -hmm. So they find that when they switch. Yeah, like you said. So what are you saying is taking your inventory? And see where you're at. Okay. See, you may not be feeling your sponsor because you're not ready to hear what he has to say yet. Yeah. She. Yeah. Okay. Um, quick plug: uh, if you're in an area without 
uh, spot like a meeting or, oh, or right. sponsors. Yeah, There's a website called arpsupport.org, arpsupport.org, and it's where you can uh, basically you log on and you share what your uh, challenge is and you request a sponsor, an online sponsor, you know, an online sponsor, and they'll match you up with a sponsor. We actually have someone on our meeting who's doing that. And yeah. She's got massive recovery off of it. Yeah, so it's very, they do a daily check-in. Like, they've got a program awesome. set up, and it's an amazing part of the program. It's, it's oh, I reach out to guys, just some dude, yeah. set up a website, and link people together, and uh, that's, that's just our, how that's it our works. world. I mean, that's where we're at today. I mean, yeah. There's no excuse. It comes down to no excuse. This is nothing with the church. It's just some guy deciding, yeah. There, there's a need yeah. for recovery. I'm going to provide a solution to that. So, ARPsupport.org, yeah. yeah. or ideally, you do it in person. Of course. Probably. Of course. For most. Yeah, you want to find someone in your meeting, go to meetings and, and prick. Be honest. I recommend, too, like going to a meeting and sharing. In your, if your IP meeting small and say there may be not a male, or if you're a female, there's not a female there, go to another one. Mm-hmm. Don't be like, don't come up with an excuse, well, I went to one and there was no one there. Like, go to all of them. Go as many as you can. If they're secular or not, go to them and then say, I need a sponsor. And see if not someone walks up to you afterwards. And if they don't, guess what? Now it's your turn to go. And what, go try to ask some people. What's the difference yeah. on uh, AA, NA, on Step 5 confession versus the LDS ARP confession? Obviously, one is talks about going to your bishop for specific uh, transgressions. Well, the, as far as the, the inventory of Step 4 are very similar. The, the only difference is, is, is that through the LDS way that they, they, they suggest that you... You also speak with your bishop, okay, as well as a sponsor. Does A talk about spiritual spiritual you have too? Well, the, yeah, the A doesn't. The A doesn't. You know, you got to understand when the steps were written through AA, they didn't even have sponsors. So when Bill Wilson did it, that wasn't a tradition back then. They didn't. They didn't coin the term sponsor. Okay, and so did Bill have a sponsor in in, in a way? Yes, but you know, a few years later. You know, if you look through the big book, it really doesn't even mention you know, sponsors. This is how you do it. So yeah. it, it came yeah, about, there is no- you know, through the evolution of the program. Yeah. And so back, yeah, back in the day, they, they back in the early days of AA, they would they would do the, their steps in one day. Okay. Like they would go through, they would they would sit you down, and you would go through the entire process in, in about a like, day. Are you willing to do this? Are you yeah, willing to do that? You, you would get the remaining steps in, in about a day. You would go through. Okay, are you willing? You get to step four. Okay, let's sit down. And you and they would just. That's kind of you, bad. You would, uh, you think about it. I don't know if they wrote it out or they would just. But that's kind of bad. Hey, when you think about it, like yeah, you just get absolutely. Like, Why are you serious about doing it? Why are we yeah. gonna wait? And, you know, and you sit down there, and you would, you know, you would sit in there, and you would pray, and you would ask for your defective characters to be removed. It's kind of and, then, and then you would make a list of people that you had harmed, and then. You would start nine, ten, eleven, and twelve that that same day. I kind of want to reenact. You know, but you have to, like back in the day too. Like you, you had a you had an addict that was called a last grasper. Somebody that's basically they're on their deathbed. If they don't stop drinking today, they're, they're going to be they're going to be dead. In the so, so there's no beating around the bush. So there's no beating around the book. So yeah, these, these which we've met literally. We've met, we've met those people and too. And so, right? How many people you met? Yeah, absolutely. That are smoking heroin and yeah. Absolutely, and in, in, in today's world, there's there's addicts that are dying, you know, be, you know, dying physically before they hit a spiritual or emotional bottom sufficient enough to want them to ch- to change, and that that's hard to see. But back in the in the days, you know, if you were if you were in the you know like 
at the halfway point of your addiction, you know, you probably weren't even thinking about wanting to get sober. No, because it was so normal to so drink. Through this, so through the, through AA, and through other fellowships and the whole recovery movement, the bottom's been lifted for us, which is a, which is a miracle that we don't have to go to the, the the bitter end that they did back in the olden days. Which was the same asylums, right? I mean, they locked people up. So, if you were an alcoholic, uh, you were getting locked up. It's it's you know, if you're an addict. You're in recovery, and it's 2017. It's a pretty cool thing because there's there's a way out, and and it's been proven. Sorry, there's, you know, it's been proven. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, that I mean, that's just crazy when you when you think about at the bot when you said the bottom has been lifted. You know, like how soft it is now compared to where it is. But yet, we still, we as addicts, you can find, like, I found a way to make it, you know, poor me, poor whatever, but yeah. it didn't have to be that way. Well, the bottom is a very, it's a personal thing. It's personal. Know? And we all have different pain tolerances. Well, I mean, but one thing I learned, too, do you agree with this, Mike? I mean, I learned this through coming, and I've heard it from someone else, but then it clicked with me, is that, you know, you choose your bottoms. Like, you're, you, you think your bottom's always, bad? Like, you can get worse. You can always get worse until, right? until, until you're six feet underground. Until you're dead, Right. Absolutely. Jail doesn't even, like they say, the three things are jail, institutions, and, and death, but really only one can really stop you, which is death, right? Because we know people that go to jail yeah. and they still have it. And yeah. Same as I am. What gets most people these days is, is, a, is an emotional bottom. It's a feeling in their gut that where For it's, sure. you know, they're, they're, they're tired. T- sick and tired means they're, 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 you're, you're just You get to a point where you're just tired of it. And sometimes it's getting locked up but a lot of times it's you know it's just you know it's like it, it takes so much energy trying to get high get high and live a double life and, and run the game that you know you just you get you just grow out you know try, hopefully you grow out of it and the, some people don't that's, that's the scary part. part like i said is like you know they're hitting these physical bottoms before they even get a chance at recovery you know you're dying at age 20 from a heroin overdose so you, you, you don't even know what recovery is you mm-hmm. know it's, and that's the sad part is is that even though there, there's, there's so much solution for the addict that's ready to get sober and clean. You know, many don't find it because the drugs are hitting them. Like I could have, if you, when you say it that way, what you're saying is I could have died before I even knew the steps because when yeah. I came, that was my first. Inqu- I've been to rehab, but I'd never heard of the twelve steps. And think if I didn't choose to say I went and then never went, my yeah. wife left me and I kept using because I was at the crossroads: okay. go harder or not. And maybe you should look into getting help. And I was there, and it's like. I could have died before I even knew about it when you put it that way because I didn't know anything about it until I walked in these rooms. Besides what I saw in movies, right? Like, right. like you had said. Yeah. And I, was a dr- I had been yeah. using drugs for 20-something years. I yeah. still knew nothing about these programs. Yeah. It's amazing that it's been around so long. It's in p- pop culture, but wow. you still don't know about it. And we had a, a sister come today who'd been to AA for long and never been to an ARP meeting. Blown away. Blown away. Floored. Floored that wants to help, wants to give back, yeah. wants to sponsor. So again, another commercial, if you're listening to this and you've had links of sobriety, and our church culture is somewhat like, hey, you've repented, move, move on. Yeah, the weapons have been buried. Weapons have been buried, and I, I believe that, for but sure. I also believe you're needed, because once we've been saved, it's our duty to save others, and you need you are needed in the walls of ARP to what help What if the younger just stopped? Right. How many, how many pages of the Book of Mormon do we not have? That's true. Right? If, if he would have been like, oh, well, that was my dad. Yeah. You know, that was back in the day when I was a kid. And yeah. Me and my buddies were wild. But, you know, you know, we used to go around murdering people and doing some crazy stuff. But we're good now. And he just right. went on his way and he became a carpenter or whatever. He did something and he just never helped. 
Yeah. We may, have, we may be talking. So tell me what this means to you guys. Uh, this is on uh, page 38 of the manual. Occasionally, you may observe individuals in recovery meetings or in other situations who seem to rehearse continually their sins and shortcomings or the sins of others that committed against them. They are always confessing but never finding peace. That's me in so many ways. I mean, I was going to the bishop left and right for a while there, going, oh, there's this, there was this mistake, there was this. I was willing to confess because for a while there, my resentment for me personally, my, I was willing, I trusted in the process of the church in the beginning. But then after a while, once I started to build a resentment, I wasn't, but to me what that statement gets, long story short, is that you're willing to talk about it, but you're really not willing to put the rubber to the, you know, to the pavement. You're really not ready to do the work yet. So you just keep finding, because you, you keep finding yourself in chaos. You keep hitting the same chaos or a new one. So therefore, you're always talking about it. You're always talking about poor me, my pain, this, that, the other, you know, until, until, until you actually do the work. When you do the work, it's interesting. You don't hear the complaining anymore, right? You don't hear the confessions So what's anymore. the key to getting that peace besides complaining or confessing all the time? We just moving moving to acceptance. So and, and the step five helps with that, where it takes the power out of the things where we get to a point where we can accepting we the not past. we don't regret the past, nervous to shut the door on it, so we don't regret the things we've done, but we're able to move on and use our past experiences as tools to help us in our path of recovery, but also to help others. Because both both you two are prime examples of a lot of those things you were probably scared to death and didn't want to confess. You're now completely open and honest with others and are bringing recovery and hope to a ton of people. So yeah, I, I tell them to my clients. I, like, I, I literally can talk to a complete stranger who I haven't even built trust with. That's, that's but the, the thing you would have never said anybody and now I you're doing that. I was underlining like my excuses that I would make of not doing step four or five. You know, now I get literally if someone walked in this room and said, "Hey, what's the worst thing you did in your addict?" Like literally in front of you guys, in front of anyone, I could I'd be like, "Yeah, this is, this is like, it's not even no hesitation." No, but that but that comes from what Mike said. That's the power of acceptance, and that's the power of this program. That because you're starting to connect with another human and the group, right? You're starting to see. Wait a minute, because see, Satan. I heard this in a meeting. Satan, when he gets you to commit the sin. Everyone's doing it, right? That's how he convinces you. He's like, hey, man, everyone's doing it. It's not a big deal, man. Just do this, do that, do this, do that. And then once you get the sin going, and once it becomes an addiction, he goes, you're, don't go and confess. You're the only one doing it. Oh, wow. right? you're, a, you're a scum. You're, you're so much lower than them. Oh, my gosh, if you go do that, they'll condemn you. God will never let you in his presence. These are the things I would hear in my mind at different levels of my recovery or at different levels of my addiction. But uh, what I'm getting at is then I started connecting with another human who was just like me, weaknesses, strengths, but yet is, like it says, laughing and having a great time and loving his life. And actually, like, choosing to work in recovery, let alone not just go, I did it once and that's the past. This guy's, like, dedicated his life to going and helping other people. What, that was inspiring for me. Both of you, the tone of when you will share what uh, past sins you've done aren't in a, in a bragging way. Yeah, for sure. Or it's almost like, dude, I was really... I don't know how to describe it, but it's not like uh, you're not ashamed. You're not you're ashamed of it. You're not proud of it. But you're not proud not of it, but you're also proud of the lesson you learn. And I don't. I think church culture is we don't want people to talk about it because I don't want to give the idea that you can go do these things. 
Right. You'd be fine. Get away with it. All the time. That's like a mission. That's what they told us. Like, don't confess. Don't tell people what you did before. You know, they. I literally heard that from one of my leaders. Be careful, because I know you were very open. So literally, tell me you're very open. I know you have a really colorful past, but you don't want to go airing out your dirty laundry because you want people to think that they can do that and this. And but you, but you know what the difference when you do both of you do this is you air dirty laundry, but then you immediately follow with what the solution was to clean it. It's not just, here's my dirty laundry. Well, hopefully we air the dirty laundry and make it not look good. I'm not airing it out to make it look good. I want to air that out to that youth that when I'm speaking in high school, I want to see yeah. how freaking, how it went from a fun thing in the beginning to like miserable. Yeah. I want them to feel miserable. I almost want people to be kind of depressed when they're hearing me talk because that's what my life was like until I did these steps. I was freaking depressed. Yeah. You know what I mean? It started yeah. from a fun pulp closure to leading a life of freaking stupidity that just kept digging me deeper and deeper and it was nothing cool about it it was cool in the beginning and it quickly became a freaking coping mechanism for me to get worse <laughs> you know yeah. just coped with worse I don't know that's me though but yeah anything to add to that Mike? I think it when we when we share about things we, we've done you know the, the one why recovery works why the, why why it's different from going to therapist or a psychologist or a pastor or anybody that has any you know that that's there to to provide support and professional help although that can be very great and and amazing for somebody that needs support you know what has allowed addicts helping other addicts is that you know one addict helping another addict is without parallel to anything else in in how because what we're doing is we're sharing our experience, and, and that's all. We're, that's all we're sharing is, is just our experience of what we had done. You're not sharing and, down. So it's like and there's so there's a time and a place where where you know it's not about bragging or you know airing out your dirty laundry. It's, it's really giving you know your your experience. So you need to have it. So the the more recovery you have, the more the more you have an understanding of when is an appropriate time to share. And there's there's things that I won't share openly at a, at, a, at an open meeting for sure, and, and it's just not the the form. But if I'm sitting with one individual or a small intimate group of people that I'm that I I, I trust and I'm close with, sure I can open up more, and that's yeah. it. Just comes with having having an understanding of, of the program, the time, of the, the program place to share it's the program. Yeah. yeah, but like you got to like he's saying is you got to you got to put yourself out there to learn that. Right, like you gotta put yourself. Like I don't, you know, like when I say I'm open to share, it's it's at the right time, and you, you gotta make sure they're willing. You know what I mean? There's so many things that yeah, like, cast pearls it's like line. that's it right there. And it's not that the, these people are less than you. That you don't want to throw it out there. Is you, you want to make sure they're ready because otherwise you're just wasting everyone's time. There's someone else out there ready. Like he said, it's like the beginning. They were just they were like people on their death, like, ready, ready to go. And mm-hmm. the fact that they did 12 steps in one day, that's one of the coolest things ever. <laughs> I, I like, oh, man, I, I just think if I would have done that, like, I wasted a year of lying to myself, BSing everyone, that, well, no, I wasn't BSing anyone who knew the program. I wasn't BSing Mike. I wasn't BSing the leader of the program. I wasn't BSing my wife. I did for a little bit until she started going and started listening. Goes, She started going, hey, Jay, are you going to do your freaking step? Like, what well, are you doing? Let me play counter to that. Some uh, addictions take time to clear the system. Like if you do all 12 steps and you're still coming down off of a drug and it takes time to clear the system, it may not be effective. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Or, yeah. or play devil's advocate here. Um, like if you're coming down opiates, it takes a while to yeah. to clear out of your system, to think clearly, to that's remember true. that you yeah, actually did the steps. That's why most, the way most do the steps 
today is it takes you know at least a few months. Well, because you want them in alcohol will clear, alcohol will clear your system yeah. sooner than some other drugs. But there, there, there are still you know I still know of some some you know sponsors that still do it that way. Haven't you sponsored someone? Didn't you tell me about someone who did it like within a couple of weeks, like just hammered it out? Not a sponsor that we we did a step a week. Yeah, a step a week. And we did all twelve weeks. It took about it took about four months total. Okay. He was ready. And he was motivated, but yeah. But he was so, at that time, like. But then, but then again, it's like, but and and how how we ended it was is that no, there's no graduation ceremony. Yeah, that's the weird part. Well, is that you 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 continue to work them and rework them, and they become a, a working part of our life to where we we live the steps, the principles become a way of life for us. So it's not about waiting for a test, and it's, it's not like a college graduation. Okay. Check, 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 check. Then you're going to go brag. And, and then then you're cured and you move going your merry way. It's not people do it work. that way. And then how, how often do you see those people come back? Well, they, they call that a, a, a two-stepper. You, you jump over steps? Well, a, a two-stepper is somebody that does step one and step 12. That was basically me for the first year. Was, it was, yeah, for sure. I mean, I did the first three. They admit they admit that they admit, the they admit they're an addict yep. or an alcoholic. Yep. And they and they share they share the message, which is step no, one. That's literally and, and they described don't, me. And they, and they, they, they don't live in, in steps two through eleven. And that's literally what I did. <laughs> literally, like I had done two and three, but I didn't live in them. And I literally was I was I'm a I'm a talkative person, so I wanted to go out there and share it. But like that's why I always be past people. The other I couldn't sponsor anyone. Yeah, and rightfully so. Like and I tried a couple times with. Some people that might get new, that we, you know, as part of the program or whatever, but it, I, there's no way I could help them. And, and I think back at the conversations I had with them, I'm like, it's very freaking simple. Like, it's just you do these steps and then your life gets manageable again. If you don't, then you won't. That's why I give the analogy today, the parable, or the Jesus, where he basically spit on dirt, yeah. made mud, rub it on their eyes, and said, wash the snake. It's all these simple, simple things that, that it sounds simple. At the time, the I was time, like, I tried to, this, addicts, we make things complicated on purpose because it's a defense mechanism. You know what I mean? It's a way for us to not really deal with life on life's terms. Yeah. Well, the reality is is there's a lot of, of healthy, normal people that, that don't need 12 steps to, to practice these principles. Yeah. Right. yeah and, and so, you know, the, you know, it's the, you know, the addict in, in a lot of cases needs to be, you know, humbled and, and you know, shaken yeah. to a, a state of reason and, and needs to follow these these 12 steps, which is ultimately 12 steps towards healthy living. Yeah. And not everybody needs it, needs it, you know, to this extent, you know, pointed out through 12 simple steps. But we that being said, the steps can apply to anybody oh, yeah. in any, any, well, like any you said, you can overcome a massive heroin addiction, alcohol, whatever it is. If you can use these steps to overcome that, you can overcome anything. Anything like I don't want to go to church. Not want to go to scriptures. Uh, anger. You. You have a guy that comes in, you know, just for swearing. Yeah. Pure swearing. And he brought originally came brought an alcoholic who was non-member, and then felt so prompted that you know he wanted to apply. He's an active, solid member in the church. Said, "Hey, you know what? Um, I think there's an area in my life that I can get better at." That he's been, that he's been struggling and for the rest of life. And he's, been, and, he, and he's working the program. He's got five months right now. Yeah. Not saying a swear word. That's I. Don't, I can't even say that. <laughs> I'll be the first one to say I can't go ten minutes. But like the fact that I do it on this podcast is awesome. But anyway, <laughs> hopefully I get that point where I get one hundred percent honest. But yeah, so I mean, this can be applied to anything. I'm just grateful. I'm grateful that Mike's 
know, we've gone on for a while, but I'm grateful that Mike's here. I'm grateful that he had patience and that just proves if you're a sponsor and you're, you're, you have sponsees that you're working with, you're listening to this and you're going, when do I drop someone? When do I not? All I know is like, he didn't drop me. He just, he just, he's just always been there. I pick up the phone, he answers. And if he doesn't, he calls me back. And then we just, this has progressed to this. How many years? Uh, four years. Yeah. Boom. And we'll continue on like this. We'll we'll like this will go forever. Right? You'll, you'll always be his sponsor. Always. Unless he fires me. I would never fire, fire me. I would never fire this guy. All right. <laughs> fire him like fire, fire my right leg. So if you don't have a sponsor, you're missing out on this relationship. If you're not sponsoring people, like I've seen, I haven't seen you grow, but I've seen Jay tremendously by sponsoring over the, the last couple of years. Totally. And it just takes it to a whole other level. Your recovery to a whole other level. And rightfully say before we end this is because when I started to sponsor people, I, I, I started sponsoring people with different addictions. See, I, I, I had only dealt, I originally came to the program for opiates, right, for drugs, for these alcoholic substances that you could see they were black and white. This is not good for a Mormon or anyone. But then when I started sponsoring people that had prone addictions and I sponsored people that had sex addictions, I sponsored people that had all these other addictions, it helped me get even deeper into my recovery and go, wait a minute, maybe I should make an excuse for this, this, and this. See what I mean? So that's what you're saying. Yeah, you just kept I grew up clean all that hustle. I finally got honest and went, okay, maybe I need to clean this one out too. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah. maybe that was, you know. That's that's the gospel right there, right? Eternal progression. But I didn't cry. Right. You know, you don't lie. You, don't, you just go, okay, i got to get on the phone. Okay, Mike. So, hey, man, I didn't talk about this. You know, we've got to talk about this. All right, here's, here's the plan. And here we are. That's awesome. awesome. All right, well, let's leave that there. Boom. Thank you. Step five. If, five you're, if you're putting that off, get to it. And until next time, uh, please share this podcast. Uh, yeah, let's follow us on Facebook, Instagram. The only way it's going to get out there to more people is if we share it. And like us on, if you're listening to us on iTunes, go rate us and rank us. Cause yeah, that's that what also helps, helps with the sharing. Helps get the word out. And thank you for all the great, kind messages everyone's yeah, been sharing Yeah, we get tons of them now. Thank you guys yes. so much. Okay, till next time. Okay. Oh,